We're talking about that Jesus is this chain breaker, that we can have chains broken over our lives. And when you look at chains, chains go back to the very dawn of time. And they've not really changed over the years at all. And they come twofold. The most obvious one that we probably think about is that they come and they represent slavery and imprisonment, which is the series that we're talking about. But chains can also represent love and connection. We wear them. We wear them to represent love, to hold things to us, and they represent connection as well. You know, and there are ways and means where chains can be a good thing, where we fasten ourselves to relationships that are good and healthy, where we connect ourselves to God and say, nothing is going to move me no matter what comes. But this morning, I believe that God wants to come and break some chains that have held you to things so that he can connect you to him in a new and in a fresh way. You know, and very often, we talked about these different sorts of chains over the last few weeks. And if you've missed them, can I really encourage you to go back and listen to them? There have been some amazing messages. I've been challenged to my core, and my weeks have been different because of what I've put in place because of them. So I want to encourage you, if you've missed them, go back and listen to them online. But I think the biggest problem that we have is we don't always recognize the chains that hold us. They become a part of us. And, and we live freely, confined by them. We live freely, confined by the chains that hold us. We don't know they're there. It's just, this is who I am. This is how I am. This is how I operate. I believe this morning God wants to show you some chains in your life that you may not even realize are there. You know, and how do we break these chains? How do we, how do we work through these things? If we want to set ourselves free, if we want to move on, then we've got to change our habits. We've got to change our mindsets. We've got to see things differently. I want to tell you a story about a gentleman from the 14th century. His name is Reginald III. And surprisingly, he's not British. He was from Belgium. And Reginald had a brother, and his brother's name was Edward And their father passed away, and there was a a bit of a battle over who was going to succeed their father. Reginald was the eldest, but Edward was having none of that. And so he locked Reginald up in a castle. And legend has it, hence legend has it, that Reginald's door was not locked And you think, well, why didn't he escape? Why didn't he go anywhere? Why didn't he get out? Why didn't he go and form an army and sort his brother out? Because he could not fit through the door. Edward would send wonderful food and he would get bigger and bigger and bigger. And Reginald was confined through the things that he put and involved in his own life. It is a legend. I wasn't there. I don't know how true it is, but I like the idea of it for what I'm trying to tell you. There are times when nothing that, there is nothing holding you back. There is nothing chaining you there apart from your own self, your own mindset, and your own habits. And this morning, I believe that God wants to change something in your thinking so that you can walk free from those places that hold you back. That past that says you can't move on. I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't need to stay there anymore because God wants to set you free. So what chains us up? Those who are eagle-eyed, if you may have seen 
I have some change, this could go horribly wrong, we will find out. But there are things that chain us up. Our past chains us up. And what happens when our past chains us up is it tells us that there is no hope. It tells us, let me bring my notes a bit closer. It tells us that there is no forgiveness. It tells us that there is no healing from what has happened to us or what we've been through. It tells us that, no, you should look badly upon yourself. Have a low self-opinion of yourself. And it chains us, it chains us to a position or a place that we can't move from. So now I can no longer move from a place where I think I'm not good enough. I can no longer move from a place that tells me I can't. I can no longer move from this place in the past that is holding me there. And it's not just the past that holds us. It's the regrets that we have about it, about the past. We think, why did I let that happen? Why did I allow those things to happen to me? And it chains us to a position that we can't move from. And it holds us there. We blame ourselves. We think that we deserve it. Well, I don't deserve anything better. I don't deserve to move on from this place. And it creates a whole bedrock in our lives that says, this is where I should be. There is no forgiveness. There is no healing. And so I have to stay at this place. And, you know, we regret the things that we've done, the moral choices that we've made the things that we put ourselves through, the things that we put others through, we regret them. And that regret can do one or two things. It either drives us, so we say, I'm never going to do that again, or I'm never going to let that happen again, and it drives us a certain way, or it stalls us where we're just incapable of having any relationship or stepping out and believing for anything else ever again in our life because we're afraid. You know, I've had times in my past where I've had relationships and I've been held to a spot by them because of the damage they've done in my life. There have been times in my past, in my parenting, where I regret so much, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. And it stalls me. And I think, oh, I'm just such a terrible parent. And we feel held to the spot. But then something else happens as well. Because the chains fasten to that spot. But what it is that keeps us in that spot is its pain and isolation. So the pain of what's happened, the fear of facing it, the fear of saying to somebody, this is something that went on. Do you think there's forgiveness? Can I actually be loved because of what happened? And we fasten ourselves to that place and that time and we can't move we fasten ourselves because of the past but we stay there because of the pain of it you know and isolation holds us there too isolation holds us in a place that says I don't have a relationship again I don't think I can do it so I'll keep myself to myself I won't let people near to me. I won't, I won't allow people too close because it might go wrong again. And it holds us there. It holds us in a place where we can't move on and we can't move back and we can't connect 
because we're stuck because of the past and the regrets that we have and the pain and the isolation that that brings to our lives. And we find ourselves stuck in a place where we can move enough to think that actually I'm all right, but ultimately there's no future, there's nowhere to go. I think the worst thing about the chains of the past is we become so used to and so accustomed to them that we actually feel safe in our chains. We actually become afraid of addressing them, of recognizing them and taking them off. Because what happens if we take them off is suddenly almost a crutch that we've had in our lives is no longer there. Suddenly we've got to free fall into something and trust that can I actually walk without this? Can I actually relate to people without this thing in my past? Can I actually move on and have a new life without these things in my past coming with me? Is it a possibility? And we free fall to nothing. And this morning I want to say to you, if you feel like that, there is a God that you can trust who won't let you fall, who will hold you up and who will walk with you every step of the way as you journey out and through this. I remember when the girls were very young and when, I can't remember because it's ages ago because I'm really old and they are too, but when they were a baby, you had to take them for a so many day or so many week check. Somebody who's young can help me. And the nurse does these checks and I can't remember any of them apart from the one that they do where they hold them and they say, we're going to check their reflexes work. We'll drop them slightly. So as a new mother, you're like, what? You want to drop my baby? We'll drop them slightly, but we'll catch them straight away. And if they go like this, then we know their reflexes are okay. Can you remember them doing this? This test is just... If you're a protective mother or father, it is not a good test to be doing. But they do the test to check that everything's okay. There are times in your life when you may feel like, oh my goodness, I can't let go of these things. Oh my goodness, I don't want to move on. Oh my goodness, the things that are holding me are no longer holding me anymore. But the nurse was only giving half a centimeter for the baby to fall. God is there. He will catch you. He will not let you fall. So if you love your chains and they have become your support mechanism, I want to say to you this morning that there is a God who wants to set you free and move you on from that place where he will catch you and where he will hold you. It's like when you learn to swim. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? And they say to you, just lie on your back and trust the water. What is that about? Lie on your back, spread your legs, spread your arms. I can't even do that in this. And trust the water. It will hold you. I'm scared to death of the water. This water's not holding me. And it is like that with God. Lie back. Trust him. He has got you. It is the safest position that you can be in. If you listen to the RNLI, one of the things they say, if you get stuck in some open water, is the best thing that you can do is float. Float. Because you reserve energy 
And you're a lot more visible because there's more of you on the surface of the water. This morning, God wants to teach you to float. Stop trusting the chains that have held you and stopped you and trust God that you can relax and lie in him and he will not let you go. He will not let you go under. He will not let this tide come over you, but he will uplift you and he will save you. You know, and we can do some practical things this morning. So, you know, if you want to move on from things in the past, then look at the relationships you've got. Move away from things that aren't helpful. Break them old habits. You may say, well, you don't know how hard a habit is. I know how hard my habits are. And the only way that I've broken them is by coming to Jesus and he set me free from them. And I've had some horrendous habits in my time. I've had habits of self-harm. I've had habits of eating disorders. And God has broken them one by one when I've brought them to him. And I've chosen that he is bigger than that thing. So don't come to me this morning and say, but you don't know how hard it is. I don't know how hard it is for you, but I do know how hard it is. But I know a God who is bigger than how hard it is. And he can set you free. You know, very often... It's the things that are socially acceptable that we find hard to move away from. Because our society accepts so many things, and yet God calls us to be holy and set apart. So I want to encourage you this morning, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what is right and wrong in your life, about what is good and bad, and what he's telling you is good to be chained to and is bad to be chained to. Because when we hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us, whether it's socially acceptable or not, then we can move forward and live the life that God is calling us to. Live a life that is set apart. It's breaking those destructive patterns of behavior. That self-punishment where we feel like we're just not good enough. It's getting help from professionals when we need it. You know, God is wonderful and Jesus is wonderful, but they give professional people the information and the knowledge they have so they can help us. So never underestimate going to a counsellor or getting some support because I believe it's key and it is helpful. But I also believe that there is a depth of things that affect us spiritually and it is Jesus that we need to break those chains. And this morning we want to provide some opportunity for you for that. So I'm going to read to you from John 11, 38 to 44. And this is the account of Lazarus. And you may think, this is a bit of a strange one, but please bear with me because I really believe that it significantly impacts how we are set free from chains because of what Jesus does and what Jesus can still do for us today. So we're joining the story. This is Jesus' friend who has passed away and Jesus wasn't there when he did and he goes back to see him and he's already passed away. And at this point, Jesus um, is just coming to where they've laid his body. So John eleven thirty-eight to 44 in the NIV. It says, Jesus, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take the stone away, he said. But Lord, said Martha, this is Lazarus' sister. The sis oh, it says there, the sister of the dead man. <laughs> By this time, there is a bad odour. I think there's going to be one in here this morning. It's quite warm, isn't it? <laughs> For he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe... 
you will see the glory of God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. And I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lazarus was bound, but he went through a process with Jesus and with the community around him that set him free. And I believe that God wants to take each and every one of us on that same process of freedom this morning. So the first step, step one, and there's lots more steps. Please don't come to me after and say, well, you missed Jesus' prayer. You missed I aren't picking them all. I'm just picking a few. We'll just do them. I know there's more things in there. There's too much in there, to be honest, because Jesus was quite frankly amazing with everything that he did. But step one that we're looking at today, move the stones. You know, let's be honest, shall we? When you've got stuff in your life that you don't want anyone else to know about or see about, because quite frankly, it stinks. We tend to put things in the way of them so nobody finds out about them or gets to them or sees them. Is that just me? I've got some stones blocking up some areas of my life because I don't want people to see them. We put them in front of the mess of the past, the shame of the past, the regret that we feel so that other people don't see them. John eleven thirty nine. Take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, by this time there will be a bad odour. We need others to be able to say to us, it's okay if there are things in your life that stink. It's okay if your past is a mess. It's okay if your present is letting off a bad smell because I know a man who wants to heal you and restore you and renew you and refresh you and bring a sweet swell, smelling aroma to your life by his presence. But we need people around us who will say, we don't mind that you stink. We want to love you because Jesus loves you. And so this morning, if your past is a bit stinky, if the things that you have regrets over reek, then God says, come to me and let's wash you clean and bring refreshing to your life. You know, Jesus didn't move the stone. Lazarus didn't move the stone. The community of people who were there moved the stone at Jesus' command. It took a community effort to set Lazarus free. You know... They didn't actually say after, oh, that smells. Oh, Jesus, why have you made us open that? It doesn't say in the Bible, and all the community rushed away because the stench was so odorous. It doesn't. 
Because it didn't matter. Because everybody was looking at Jesus. And what on earth is he going to do next? So when you come and you bring your mess and you bring your stink, no one cares because everyone is looking at what Jesus wants to do and the miracle that he's going to do in your life. So often we're just so ashamed. We don't want people to see that we're a mess. We have to hold it all together. We talk about having, you know, working on our mental health and doing all these things and we all support all those things, but I don't want to show you what's going on in my life because I'm all right. But God wants you to come with your mess and all, with your chains and all, with your past and your regret, with your pain and with your hurt. And he wants to heal you and set you free. So step one, move the stones. So we're going to do that. I want you to tell the person sitting next to you, God loves you despite your stink. And if you're at home, God loves you, despite your stink. And that is step one, because when we realise that suddenly there is a way out of this place. You know, Jesus could have called, some of you actually do stink, don't you, this morning as well. It's really hot in here if you're watching at a later date. I don't know what I was going to say now. It's gone. But Jesus is calling us to come out. But there is no way we can come out if the door is still shut, if the stone is still there. So we need one another to encourage each other and say, it's okay, let us move the stone that's been put there, that's holding you there. It's okay to come out and stink. It's okay to come out and cry. It's okay to come out and be a mess because a community, we want to move those things out your way and make it accessible for you and say you can come. So step one, move the stones. And let's continue in our small groups on a Sunday when we meet together to move those stones away from one another so that we can be honest, we can be open and so that we can hear the next thing that is the call of Jesus. So step two, hear Jesus' call. John 11, 43 to 44. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus. Come out. And it says, the dead man came out. He couldn't have done if the stone was still there. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. He came out. And the Greek meaning, the original meaning for the Greek to come out, which is ek, is a two-layered meaning. It doesn't just mean to come out. There's more to it. And on our English, we don't always... We aren't always able to encapsulate what it says, but it basically means this. It means come out from and come to. So Jesus was calling him out from his past, out from his pain, out from his regret, and calling him to himself. So this morning, Jesus is calling you out from that place you are, and he is calling you to himself. There's a call this morning that says, come out But don't just come out and be like, well, what do I do now? No, come out and come to Jesus. Come out and come to Jesus this morning because it is at that place that he will wash you clean, that he will heal you, that he will restore you and that he will set you free. Come out and come to. Again, 
It is all about Jesus. And the problem is, when we've got chains, it's all about us, really, isn't it? Because the flippy, noisy things. And we want everyone to say, oh, I'm struggling. You don't know how hard it is for me. I'm finding it really difficult. No, it's all about Jesus. And when it becomes all about Jesus, the noise that the chains make is suddenly drowned away. And we hear the call to come out and come to. And as we hear that call, it breaks us free. It takes a while sometimes, but it breaks us free. It breaks us free. There you go, Rob. I'm doing all right, Rob. Rob's been helping me this morning while I had a nervous breakdown about this. It breaks us free. I've heard the call. It's calling me. And I'm free. Flipping out, you thought eels made a noise on here, didn't you? I'm free. I'm no longer chained to that thing that holds me. That past that said I couldn't move. That past that said I couldn't have relationships anymore. That past that said I can't have a future. That past that said I won't achieve. That past that said I can't go to university. That past that said I'll never be healed. That past that said whatever it said to you, you're no longer chained to. When the community moved the stone and when Jesus calls your name and this morning he's calling you, come out and come to come out and come to and this morning we want to make an opportunity for you to come out and come to come out from where you are and we're going to invite you to come to and stand at the front in a bit and believe and respond to that call can we move that Rob because I think I'll fall over it thank you Suddenly there's a freedom to move. Something's still not right there, is it? It actually works for me, that does, doesn't it? Start a new fashion trend. Good job, neither of the kids are in it. <laughs> there's more. I missed a bit off from them verses I read before. Let's look at them again. John 11, 43 to 44. Then he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, put your name in there. Paul, come forth. Carol, come forth. Everybody else's name, Joe, come forth. Come forth, come forth. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Third step, community response. Breaking chains is not a spectator sport. If you come to church as a spectator sport to come and praise the Lord and do all those wonderful things, then you've just completely missed the idea of church. Church is not a, a spectator sport. Church is about you connecting with God and you connecting with other people and helping them to be set free. And you know, it's not a place of judgment either. Because when you come to church, you'll have people who are stuck on a board, but you'll have people walking around like this as well. Sometimes some people like the chains. I'm no longer stuck. 
but I actually don't want to deal with the pain of it. And I don't want, I said, I'll just, I'll make it work for me. I'll just make it work, it works. Some people might not agree, but I'll just make it work for me. So I might not always be that pleasant. Sometimes I might have an explosion about things. Sometimes I might isolate myself and I'll say, I'll serve for a little bit and then I'll run away because I can't cope with it. Sometimes I'll come for church for a while and then someone will say something to me that I don't like so I won't come for a few months because I'm just carrying my little chains around and that's okay and I'll come back when I feel like it and whenever I've got them under control again and managing them. I think if I didn't work here and I didn't have to come every week, I'd probably do that sometimes as well. But this is not a place of judgment. This is a place to remove the past. This is a place to remove regrets. And this is a place to break habits. And you are accepted here no matter how you are. Does that mean we think you should stay the way you are? Not necessarily. God wants to set you free. God wants to heal you. God wants to restore you. But we want to love you in the process of that. And you know, sometimes we need others to accept that we're no longer bound. The biggest problem I think that we have, and it says it here, the dead man came out. To that community, Lazarus was a dead man. As a community, we need to no longer judge one another. We no longer need to place those markers on people that say this is who or what you are, or this is who or what you were. But actually that you are now alive in Christ, that you are now free, that you are now set apart, that you are now no longer held in that place and no longer judged in that way because Jesus set you free. They let him go. But it took a community response to remove the chains. And I need a community response to move mine. Paul, can you help me? Because I can't do this on myself. I can't set myself free all by myself. I need Jesus, but I need help too. You wish. (laughs) It's a work in progress, isn't it, darling? I'm sure you said I was Jesus, mate. (laughs) Thank you. I need the community response to set set me free. I need, just stop it now. Stop picking at me faults. And then help me out just just I don't like it when you talk about that thing in my past will you help me or what well just stop it why is no one helping me why is no one helping me to deal with this thing in my past come on then you're the pastor We need a community response to set us free. But we also need to be willing to be set free. We need to be willing. No, I don't want that. We need to be willing to allow people to speak into our lives and allow people to say, can I just suggest we move that? Can I just encourage you to work on that? Do you know what? It's the hardest thing in the world. I want to slap Paul silly when he picks on my faults. That's obviously one of my faults. We want people to stop picking at us and stop highlighting, stop highlighting all my bad things. Why can't you tell me something that's good about me? I think that was something I said to you this week, wasn't it? We need 
help. We need support. And you know what? I feel 10 times lighter. I almost lost a stone. My jeans are still in place, which is a miracle. I thought they might rip off while we were doing that, but there we go. But I can move. I'm not rattling no more. I'm not shaking no more. I'm not carrying baggage no more. I'm not making a noise everywhere I go no more. The only noise I'm making is that actually I'm carrying freedom now. I'm carrying freedom because I'm free. So if you're chained up, I can come and stand with you and say, I'm carrying freedom next to you. I'm bringing freedom with me. Nelson Mandela said this, for to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Freedom begets freedom that begets freedom, that begets freedom. And once we're free, then forgiveness comes, rest comes, peace comes, wholeness comes, relief comes, a lightness in spirit comes. I can't tell you how much lighter I feel. They were heavy. I didn't even realize it. I'm walking around for 30 minutes, I didn't even realize it. But now, wow, the difference. I believe this morning it's a community act of worship that we support one another and we see freedom. Jesus wants to break your chains today. Jesus wants to make you freedom carriers. Does the band want to join me? You know, we need people in our lives to help us. I remember as a child, we went out for a walk somewhere and there's a group of us that went friends and my parents and they got kids too and one of the lads got his foot stuck in a cattle grid and couldn't get it out and the grown-ups were elsewhere and some of us stayed with him because as children we were like oh my goodness a car's gonna come and squash you and then some of the kids went and got the parents to get some help and they came and it was fine and everything was sorted but we need people who will stay with us when we're in difficult positions. But we also need people who will run to help for us, who will pray for us, who will get support for us. You know, I want to encourage you this morning. Sometimes we need bigger than ourselves and we need bigger than our group of friends or our peers to help set us free. Sometimes we need the grown-ups to come and help set us free. Sometimes we need those who are wiser than us to come and help set us free. This morning, I want to say to you that Jesus is bigger than your past, than your regret, than your pain, than the isolation that you've inflicted on yourself. Jesus is bigger than any addiction. Jesus is bigger than any darkness. Jesus is bigger than anything that seeks to bind you. Jesus is bigger than any sickness. Jesus is bigger than any depression. And this morning, he wants to set you free. He wants to roll that stone away. He wants to call out your name. And he wants to put people around you who can break those chains. And you may think, you just have no idea what my chains are. You have no idea what my past looks like. No, I don't. 
but Jesus does and he is not daunted and there is hope for you there is hope beyond hope there is a rebellious hope that can break those chains and can set you free so I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to do a couple of things you know this morning if that has spoken to you and you feel you're somewhere on that process and you would like us to stand with you and pray with you I'm going to invite you to come down to the front and as you do come now just don't wait just come now come down to the front because this is a community act of worship this is where all of us this is not a spectator sport of oh who's gone oh yeah they need to go actually this is not a spectator sport this is where we all support this is where we all pray and there's a team of people who are going to come along and pray for you they're not going to pray for you for long but they're just going to pray Jesus break the chains Jesus break the chains because we want to stand with you and believe that those things that you can't do on yourself that we can do for you keep coming there's more of you this morning keep coming I believe Jesus wants to set you free and it doesn't matter if you've been for prayer the last few weeks keep coming because Jesus wants to set you free today so I'm going to pray for you and then the bands are going to sing over us and those of you still in your seats we're going to sing this over them we're going to sing Jesus over them and we're going to pray for them that Jesus would break the chains and as we stand together as a community that they would see breakthrough and victory so keep coming if you want to it's fine I'm just going to pray Father God we thank you that you sent Jesus we thank you that he is the ultimate chain breaker and we speak freedom over people's lives we speak breakthrough over people's lives Jesus we thank you that you are with us we thank you that you care God and I just pray this morning Holy Spirit in your power and in your might may we see chains broken may we see lives healed may we see victory in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen